Hey, welcome to the Juice Bar Experts podcast, where we are going to give you tips, tools, strategies for launching a new juice bar or scaling and increasing the profitability and efficiency in your existing juice bar. I'm your host, Andrew McFarlane. For the last 10 years, I've been in the juice bar business, running my own juice bars, as well as helping hundreds of entrepreneurs all around the world launch successful juice businesses. So without further ado, let's get into it. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Hope you guys are doing amazing, feeling good, feeling happy, feeling healthy. Today we are talking about your juice bar business partner. Should you have one? Clearly this is one of the bigger decisions that you will make because, and I can speak from firsthand experience, I've been in a lot of not so great business partnerships and have learned a lot of lessons in the process of partnering with people and things that I want to look out for and how to approach these relationships and uh, and really seeing that it's important to have if you are going to have partners <coughs> excuse me bless me um, yeah if you are going to have partners really being sure that you are doing it for the right reasons because being in a business partnership is really like in some ways being in a marriage not that I've been married but you're you're getting into you know legal agreement with someone where there's a lot of stakes if you're investing money maybe they're investing money um, but there's money at stake there's you know people's livelihood is at stake and so it's really important that if you are going to partner you partner with the right people and you understand how to arrange these relationships and if not then being clear you know if you're going to do it on your own how you're going to approach that and why so the first thing that I always want to say is I have made the commitment to never get into a business partnership with anybody that I can hire. And what I mean by that is not specifically that individual, but in terms of the things that I need at that moment, can I afford to find a freelance contractor to fulfill that role or can I bring an employee in? And a lot of times people don't realize that they're partnering with people when they can really just seek to hire someone to fulfill that role, whether it's someone who is going to be an operational partner like a GM. Uh, and, and granted, there are different dynamics and depths to operational partnerships, but for the most part, uh, sometimes people get up into situations where they're partnering with people that they don't really have to. So really, really ask yourself that question before you get into a business partnership is in terms of the skill sets that I'm really utilizing this person for as a resource, can I hire someone as an employee to, to take on these tasks? And so that's the first thing. The next thing is, so what is the environment that would really make sense to get into a business partnership? Now, there's different kinds of partnerships. There are, let's say, you're an individual who maybe needs capital and you're really passionate about juice and you want to find an investment partner. Now, in that situation, great. Uh, no problem. It's wonderful. As long as that investor partner is really clear on how you guys are going to, and this goes for any business partnership, how you guys are going to work together. Because what can happen sometimes is what I like to call you know, backseat drivers in a business. You don't want backseat operators. You don't want to have an investor partner who maybe, for example, doesn't really know anything about the juicing industry and is giving you advice 
on how you should put your menu together or how you should do anything in your business for that matter, unless this is someone who is business savvy and maybe has a history as, as an entrepreneur. And if that's the case and they've been successful as an entrepreneur, then at that case, they can give you more seasoned advice and they understand the journey and they understand the situation that you're in as well as an operator because they've also been there. So hopefully they'll have a bit more empathy, but you also you know, just want to be really, really sensitive so that there's clarity that you don't find yourself in a situation where you're spending more time attempting to appease an investor and than running your business and growing your business. And I, and I can speak from you know, firsthand experience. I remember very early on, before we started our first juice truck, I had a few people that were you know, verbally committed um, and we were just going through the process of putting some contracts together uh, for opening up a brick and mortar store. And I just started to feel, you know, as we were going through this process, that they just had a lot of doubt. They had a lot of fear. And I started to feel like they don't have confidence in me. They actually don't believe that I can run this business and I don't want to be surrounded by that energy because I know it's going to drain my creativity and I will already have enough to think about when it comes to running this business. And so I decided to just turn their, their offers to invest in the business down and just said, you know what, I'm just going to take this on my own. And so I started with a juice truck and then eventually opened a store and everything was great. It was the right decision in my mind. So I trusted my intuition and I'm happy that I did. And so you know, the one thing that you want to be really, really aware of in any business partnership, and, and this is so important because I know sometimes we can get really excited, especially if someone's thinking about giving us money, we can get so excited by that opportunity that we don't see what could go wrong, right? We, as I say, you've got rose colored glasses. You're just thinking about everything that's going to go right. And hopefully it does, but the world of business is dynamic and sometimes it doesn't. So if you, if you, end up in a situation where you're spending more time trying to have conversations with investors. And I've seen this a lot and I, and I, and I speak about this from, you know, having a lot of clients and having, like I said before, having a lot of uh, challenging business partnerships. And, and I really want you guys to absorb what I'm saying because in my sense, and I don't know what the percentage is, but probably the reason 60% of businesses fail is probably because of bad business partnerships. And, and that's, you know, that's a, a, a totally unfounded estimation, but that's my guess is there's, you know, a good majority of businesses don't succeed because of bad business partnerships. And even with my juice business, you know, I had a partner that came in and I, I kind of had this relationship where I was financing the entire business. And so I put them on a, um, you know, a vetted equity, which I'm going to talk a little bit more about later, the ways that you can structure agreements. But uh, it was a situation where he was helping with some marketing things and other elements. And eventually it just came to my attention that this wasn't the best dynamic. And so um, I decided to sever that partnership and buy that person out. And the second that I did that, the business just exploded because I didn't have to spend time speaking to someone else about, you know, how are we making decisions and just keeping them involved. And so that's one of the things that happens in partnerships is if you're not clear on who's making decisions and how decisions are getting made, you might spend more time attempting to make decisions than actually moving your business forward, which is a huge detriment to your company. And so, uh, you know, business partnerships can be beautiful when you're in dynamics where people really work well together and you have complementary skill sets, meaning you guys aren't redundant to one another. You don't want to have a business where, let's say, uh, maybe there are two people who come in, they're both designers, and they decide to partner up, but you guys really need an engineer. You need a, like an IT software partner. Well, guess what? You're missing that. So maybe the best relationship is to have an IT partner and a designer partner, right? Or, you know, people who are in the core 
part of any organization. And so these are financial people, these are marketing people, these are uh, operations people, and you know, and CEOs. And so these are really core people. And usually in a juice bar business, you don't have this many core staff members, but you could hypothetically launch that way. And it, it's you know, the main thing that I want to get at is having people who do not who aren't redundant to one another, who also work well together, and also have a lot of clarity on what their roles and responsibilities are and what the equity that they're going to get in response to that is. So let's transition. As I said before, we're gonna talk a bit about how you can structure these agreements. So there is no perfect scenario. There is no right, you know, I should say, standard way of doing anything. Now, the one thing I want to tell you you don't want to do, and this is really one of the best pieces of advice my lawyer ever gave to me, and this was you know, probably 11, 12 years ago, that you don't want to ever have two people walk into a business agreement that are 50-50 partners, especially if your agreement is based around people with the majority ownership making decisions because you will get into a situation where you don't agree with that person. You're not going to agree on everything. And what happens? How do you actually make a decision in that kind of situation? So if that's the case, you can have equal ownership, but you want to have a third member. You want to have someone maybe who's on a board of advisors that has 2% equity who can function as a swing vote, who's really mature and experienced in business that you trust what their perspective is. Otherwise, you want to have clarity around who's really going to make the final decision. Because if you don't, you're walking into you know, just trouble. And I know that these conversations can be really, really difficult to have with people, and this is usually the reason that they don't have them is because they're very uncomfortable, but I guarantee it will be safer and better in the long run to have an uncomfortable conversation up front than to you know, spend six months, a year developing a business or any length of time and then get into some trouble where you can't make a decision or the business partner is falling apart and you don't know who the company is going to go with and things just explode, which you know happens all the time. So that's one point of advice I want to give you in terms of actually developing business partnerships. The next thing is having a process of vesting your equity. What that means is if, for example, you have a because ultimately, the company is a, you know, as an LLC or S Corp or whatever the t entity is, owns the business. That's, and it's not the individuals. The individuals can have ownership of that separate entity, but it's not yours personally. It, that equity can go to anyone. It can go to me. It can go to anyone else. And so vesting equity means that over a period of time, people will come into a certain amount of ownership. So you can have, and there's a distinction, you can have a profit share in a business that's let's say 50%, 50-50, but you can have a, a process of vesting equity that's very different. So let's say hypothetically, I wanna partner with you, and this is something that I did before, is I own 100% of the business, but we're gonna do a profit share that's 50-50. And then over time, over the next 10 years, as you work with me in this business, you are gonna vest your equity proportionally year over year so that way you uh, actually come into ownership so we know that over 10 years you will eventually own 50% of this company but we can have some clauses in our contract that say if in the event I decide I don't want to work with you anymore I can sever the agreement and either decide to buy you out at this valuation or I can just decide to leave you at that amount of equity that you have based on the amount of time that you've been working and maybe that's 10% and you'll get that 10% payout 
right? Profit share at that point if you're not actively working in the business. So there's all kinds of creative ways to structure things to create um, insurance and safeguards in the process of building this relationship where you don't have experience working with someone. Even if these people are your friends and, and I have really, really close friends and some of them I wouldn't get into business with and some of them I would and I have been and it's been great. But you have to be aware that you'll see different sides of people when you get into business with them because it's just a little bit more of, of a dynamic circumstance. And so it's important you guys just all have clarity around how that business dynamic is going to go if you get into it. And so, like I said before, if you are deciding to get into a business partnership, definitely make sure that whoever you're considering partnering with, especially if you guys are going to run something together, that you know them well and you've actually had experience with them, or, or I should say in terms of uh, you, you, they've got a good reputation experientially for you. So this could be another business owner in the area and you've seen them run successful businesses and you go, okay, great. I could, I could see myself partnering with them. What are the resources that they're going to bring? What feels fair in terms of my equity and, and my experience as well? Because you also, I've seen people who aren't uh, humble enough to realize where they are in their careers and they think, you know, I want to run this company. I'm going to have someone give me $200,000. I'm going to give them 10% of my company. And yeah, maybe it depends on the situation. In food service, usually that doesn't happen if you have no you know, history of being successful. It just doesn't work that way normally. But look, if you can negotiate it, great. But you have to be realistic with where you're at in your career. So ultimately, I can't say if it's right or wrong. There are businesses that I have because I have a, you know, a number of businesses that I'm some partnered in, you know, a few companies and there's companies that I own on my own. And that's okay. You can approach it the way that you feel right to approach it, but make sure that if you are getting into a business partnership, you have you know, safeguards, you have an exit strategy if things don't work out, and you really do have a deep need for that partnership, and it's not something you're getting into because uh, you haven't thought it out and haven't thought it through. Don't get overly excited. Realize this is a deep relationship that you're entering into contractually and even energetically, and it shouldn't be taken lightly. So hope this gives you guys some insight and as always, if you guys need help developing your juice bar business, feel free, reach out. Andrew at startajuicebar.com. This is the Juice Bar Experts podcast. See you guys at the next episode.